for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, we've been honored. We've been moving through this series on living life with a capital L, and I hope you're doing that. I hope you're living life with a capital L. We sure do appreciate you, folks. And we changed up the format a little bit to go through this series as I've recovered from a surgery time, took a couple weeks off, and really missing time down at Pensacola Christian College this week and uh, missing a meeting up there in Pennsylvania with my dear friends and Pastor Myers and those folks at Victory Baptist, but uh, but the Lord knows, and we continue to move forward. So here we go. Hang with us. We'll be back with you in a minute. When I was pastor in a church, this one guy said that this guy said, and half the church heard, so I went up before I preached and said, hey, brother, come on up here. You said this. You said, come on up. I said, anybody else hear this? Raise your hand. I said, we need to get this right. What really happened? It freaked out the entire church. Nobody knew what to do. I mean, people are looking at each other. About three minutes later, these two guys are crying and hugging each other. This woman stands up in the back and said, I've been bad-mouthing you too, Pastor. I said, come on, anyone else? <laughs> Ended up about 16 people up there. They're all, <laughs> they were all crying. I said, wow. I called this guy down in Syracuse. He's the guy who helped start our church. He, our church was planted out of his in World War II. But he said, Brother Doug, bring them all up front. He says, the first time you do that, they don't do it anymore. I said, okay, it worked out. I, no kidding. This woman said, I've been bad-mouthing you. I said, come on, anyone else? They started coming. There were people everywhere. We lined them up. Said, what? Walked around with the microphone. It was like people called the preacher and stuff. You say, what did you do? Well, I bad-mouthed your brother. And I did this. I said, cool. How about you? What did you do? And it went, we went, went through the whole line. People said what was true, what was honest. It ended. People cried. They hugged each other. And we, we all went to Golden Corral. I shortened the message because this took a long time. You go through a line of people crying and talking about what they said about people. It takes a few minutes. And then the weirdest thing happened. A family visited and joined the church. And they said, we want you to know we haven't said anything bad about anybody. And I said, they said, but we're just getting going here. I said, it's all right. And uh, they planted a church up in big something, California. And uh, uh, hey, you know, God just goes on, but it's got to be honest. It's got to be true. And, and, and then you get to the point, whatsoever things are just, God's the only one with true justice, isn't he? Whatsoever things are just. I go to the weirdest church now, so I had been in churches for years. If somebody left the church, we had to hate them. Have you guys ever, yeah, you guys know those types of churches, right? Had to hate them. I go to a church now, we have a going away party for people when they leave. Even if they badmouth us, we say, hey, it's going away party time. Hey, so-and-so's been badmouthing me. He says he moved to the other church. Make sure they know we're having a party for him. And we have a party. <laughs> Six or seven people leave every month. About, I don't know, 15 or 20 join. It doesn't do any good to be caught in this demon, right. devil, yeah. issued type of hatred right. and hurt from each other, not wanting to talk to each other, not wanting to talk, not wanting to commune. God didn't make the local church that way. God didn't make families that way. He didn't ordain these things. He ordained us to be getting along. Amen. He ordained us to put the stupid, and, and to hear those tough things from people. 
you know, hear the tough things. Listen to people. We just had our family and uh, our family week, and we had candidate school, so we had a couple days of family week, and three or four days of candidate school. I had a big bag of Tootsie Rolls, and every time they said, oh, I did something stupid, I'd throw them at them from the back of the room. I'd hit them. I started throwing them harder because about the third time, I had them preach nine times. Six times in a row, the same. If you're still messing up after six times, you either were in an accident that day or you're not paying attention. It's hard to put up with that. And then I said, what was done good this week? Everything except throwing those things at us. Can you get a softer candy for next year's candidate school? I said, I can. I'll get some of those marshmallow things. I'll sit closer to the front. I'm over it. But, you know, having to hear the tough things, having to listen to people. I've had people call me in and say, Brother Doug, you messed this up. And then before I say anything, I now got to say, is this true? Is this honest? Is this just? Is it pure? You know, is it lovely? I, I mean, I have to stop, and if all those answers are yes, I have to say, I really did. Please forgive me. Because that's where we live. We don't live in the world anymore. We're not one-upping anymore. We're locking arms. And we're marching for God. And we're out there, we're, we're in Spain. We're in places all around the world. And we're not going to do that not liking each other. We're not going to do that without a solid relationship in God. And the devil can hate nobody worse than he hated your missionaries tonight. He didn't want that report coming here. He wants you to think that you're just a, you're supplying a vacation. That's what the devil would have us think, wouldn't he? Yeah. I, you know, I've stayed with a lot of missionaries. I've never been on vacation with any of them. The guy in Hawaii, close. That's the closest I ever came. But everybody, wow. The devil does that. So he says, so God says to us, if it's true, if it's honest, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it has any virtue, if it has any praise, think on these things. What's your thought life all about? Think about that. In your spare time, are you thinking on true things, honest things, pure things, great things, things that give praise? Are you thinking at what God did in church today? Are you thinking about what God's going to do next week? If you are, we're in the right place. But we're not always there, are we? So God gives us this litmus test because we don't live there, but we have to. So God says before these trials come along, before these tough things come along, before the world's upside down, stop and ask the questions. Then it says in verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Do the good things. Do the right things. I remember we were turning over the church. We were moving to Germany in the army. We still had the church. We hired a guy. His name was Harry Kenshin. Harry had been a missionary in Australia, had been a missionary in Italy, a Vietnam vet, just a great godly guy. In that last day of church, I, I got up there and I was preaching and I said at the end, does anybody need to come up front to get this right? And the whole church got up. We all hugged each other and prayed as Debbie and I were getting ready to leave on a plane and we hired a pastor full time. We had a package in three years. We had a building. And I believe it started with those two people started fighting and I called that World War II veteran and said, what do I do? The whole church knows about it. He says, you got to bring it up in front of the whole church. He said... He said, do you understand what that is? He said, you guys are the bride of Christ. He said, don't let that bride get dirty, Brother Doug. Don't do it. 
And uh, I believe everything that happened good in that church happened that day when they lined up. I really do. People were crying. My wife was crying. My kids were crying. People in church were crying. I was just kind of amazed that people were taking the time to hate each other. I was just like, man, you guys got a lot of time. I'm working full time in the army. I'm going to PT at 5 a.m. I'm, you know, I, I mean, I didn't have a lot of time to think through some of the things these folks were thinking through. But you know what? The devil doesn't care where you think of bad things. He doesn't care when you hate these things. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at last care of me have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak out of respect for want, for I have learned that whatever state I am, therewith to be content. That's a trick. It only comes from God. If you can be happy with what God's given you, you get to have a great life. If you always want what the guy down the street has or the gal down the street has, it's miserable. Don't live I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound, right? I know how to abase. I know how to be wicked. I know how to do the bad things. I know how to be arrogant. I know how to beat up on people. I know how to do bad things. I know how to live in the bad zone, but I also know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I'm there. Paul's saying, I've been there. I'm down in this jail. I'm down in the bowels of this castle. I'm down in the bad place, but I know how to make it here because I serve a God who knows how to make it here. I serve a God that was 100% man. I serve a God that was 100% God. I serve a God that can take me through those times. And, and it says in 13, I can do all things, that very familiar, very famous verse, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Some people use that out of context, and some people say that people use it out of context, and they're out of context. I think it's just as clear as what it says. God has something for me to do. I can do it because he's going to help me do it. Amen. I, I don't think we've got to add into that. I don't think we have to have a Greek check there. I took three years of Bible college, three years in seminary, and I'm going to tell you what, I'm not looking that up in my lexicon. I've got it. If God wants me to do something, I am going to go do it, and things are going to be all right. And uh, it's going to come out. The, I've never heard anybody at the end of their life say, man, I did too much for God. Have you ever heard that? No. Man, I always hear the opposite. You know, man, I wish I had done more. Hey, folks, hang with us. We'll be right back with you. So honored that you're tuning in to us. So honored you're hanging in there with life with a capital L. And, and uh, we'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Great to have you with us. Here we go. God's saying, you know, do what I tell you to do. You can do all things through that way. Notwithstanding, ye have done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now it's coming on and saying, like the missionaries tonight, you guys have been there. You communicated. You sent money. You loved me. You prayed for me. Boy, people can feel your prayers even thousands of miles away on an island in the Mediterranean. They feel prayers. Sometimes I feel prayers. 
I remember the weirdest thing. My son went out on my Facebook page and said, Dad's in the hospital. He's got COVID. 1,600 people wrote me, man. People write, are you all right? I mean, I can't even answer on my phone. My phone's going bing, bing, bing with Facebook. People praying all over the place. I told the doctor, people praying for me. He's like, good. And uh, he said, we need all the prayer we can get. There was one pastor in our town, 75 years old, some old Southern Baptist guy. He went in and said, whatever I need to test, whatever I need to do, I'll hang out here and stay in ICU. And Greenville Memorial said, okay. He quit his church. He lived in ICU. He didn't see anybody else but the people in ICU. I was there the other day, and as you walk in, they call it Pastor Roger Hall. It's his. They gave it to him. You see him holding people's hands, hugging people, being with people when they're dying, loving things, because he could do all things. He never got COVID. He never got COVID. He's going on 80 years old. He never got COVID. He's still running around. Trust God. Believe in that. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. It's a special thing when somebody thinks enough of your ministry to support a missionary. It's a special thing. I had one supporting pastor. His name was Sam Hyde. He's in heaven now. Every single Monday, no matter where we were in the world, the phone rang. And he'd go, Brother Doug, Pastor Hyde. And I'd put it on speaker, and Debbie and the kids would come running out, and they'd wrap around the phone, and they'd say, I love you all so much. We're so thankful for you. This is what we did at church yesterday. I think they, if you could clone anybody, clone Sam Hyde. And he died. And what a work God did in his life. He lost an eye in the Korean War. He's walking down the road with, with a bandage over his eye. There's millions of people over there fighting a war. And his brother, who's in, a completely, who's in the Marine Corps, comes driving by, picks him up and takes him back to the hospital. Only God can do things like that in your life. And uh, not because, and it goes, for even in Thessalonica ye sent once, and again unto my necessity, but because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I, I tell my missionaries, make sure your heart's right. Is it about your prayer letter for you? Or is it about your church's prayer letters who support you? Seeing things abound to their account. Oh man, I love that. I love that when we can do that. But I have all and I abound. I am full, heaven received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Boy, when you give to God, it's well-pleasing. When you give beyond your tithes, it's well-pleasing to God, isn't it? It's well-pleasing. God's so happy about that. I, we give to missions, and, and uh, my wife and I, we love giving to missions. We, my wife writes the check, and we sit there and hold hands as we do it and pray that God would use it. We tithe. We just tithe. It's in my truck. I mean, don't tell Debbie. I was supposed to bring it to church Wednesday. So about every month and a half or two months when I'm home, I'm catching up on my tithing and, and my giving. But it's a wonderful thing. Don't ever take whatever it is God calls you to give to missions. Don't take that for granted. God's allowing you to do that. That's a big deal right there. Man, that's a pretty big thing. We, we were given a mission. Some, we planted that church in New York. I'll tell you, some of those missionaries were crafty. They heard we were supporting everybody who came through because nobody wanted to come to northern New York in the middle of winter. I mean, it was snowing. It was cold. It was ice. One day, I'm driving across Fort Drum, and I'll never forget this. This guy's blinking his lights and beeping his horn behind me. 
That's back when it was an open base, and I pulled over, and he said, Brother Doug, I'm missionary Al White. He said, I'm going to Russia. I really need support. I said, Brother, I need to know. How did you find me? How did you know I work on base? He said, well, I went to the church, and the people at the, the sub shop across the street told me you worked on base. They gave me your building number, and they told me you were the last one in town that had a wood-paneled minivan. With, a, with your church name on the side. So I drove to your building, I saw you pulling out, and I followed you. I said, Brother Al, I said, you got a mission? He said, yeah, I'm part of BIMI. I said, why don't you come to church tonight? We'll give you $100 a month. He said, well, that's what I wanted to do. He said, you want to meet my wife? I said, tonight. I said, but, I said you guys need a place to stay? He said, we really do. But we called the hotel. We, 40 people, I called BIMI, and I said, stop it! Cut it out, man. We're out of money. They're chasing me across base. They're, they're coming right on your list. No more money. I mean, we're already past beyond what we're given. We kept on saying yes to everybody. It was terrible. And I said, stop it. But my, and they did. They stopped it for a while, praise God. I even called them up one day and said, am I allowed to pick my own missionaries now? Is, is it okay? But look what it says in 19. It says, but my God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's saying, he, you know, he's right in the church at Philippi, and this church is exploding. Here it is, Macedonia-Greece border. It's in modern-day Greece. And he's right in the church. Remember we saw in 2 Corinthians 8, this is the poorest uh, of the poor. These are the people who didn't have to pay taxes to Rome. They had a waiver. These are the people who are upside down and their ministries exploding. And God's doing all kinds of things. And Paul says, and by the way, God's got your back. Just go out and do whatever you got to do. Keep on exploding. Keep on planting churches. Keep on sharing with people. That's what it's saying there now. And it says, now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. Isn't it a wonderful thing? He said, I meet you guys. Salute them for me. We told you there's two imprisonments in Rome, right? There's Rome 1, Rome 2. We think there's only a day or two in between them. This guy's living his life in jail. He's getting ready to kill, be killed. And he says, listen. Salute everybody for me. Tell them I love them. Be remembered that way here on earth. Send people. Tell them you love them. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Now that freaks people out because they say, wait a minute. You're the only one in Caesar's household who's saved. They're not even letting people visit you anymore. Well, those guards were chained to him and shackled to him, and he took a chance to share the gospel. He said, hey, I'm getting ready to go. You guys might as well come to heaven with me. And he knew, didn't he know all the answers? Man, here's a guy who was trained by Gamaliel. Here's a guy who, who knew the Bible. Here's a guy who was a tent maker. Here's a guy who killed Christians. Imagine that testimony he was giving guys. And by the way, I killed Christians. But now I want you to be one. And that's why I'm in jail. Because let me tell you what God did for me. I was blinded. Can you imagine that? Man, that's a testimony I want to hear. I hope they recorded it for me in heaven. I hope I get to press a button and look at that somewhere. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. We made it through an entire book of the Bible today. But there's some lessons here we've got to walk away with. The first lesson is this. Whether you live or die, be fruitful. Paul said right there in chapter 1, I'm stuck betwixt between these two things. If I live, I need to be fruitful. It needs to be good for you. If I die, I get to be with Christ. Live life that way. Chapter 2, have the humility of God. Don't be arrogant that God saved you. Don't be arrogant that you get to go to an awesome church. Be inviting. 
bring people in. Chapter 3, so many things over there in chapter 3 going up and down and, and, and looking at what God has for us, reminding us of things in our life, reminding us that our testimony matters. Pointing out people that your testimony matters, what you leave here on earth matters, what you're leaving here behind matters. Do the right thing, even when it doesn't feel like the right thing. Serve God, trust God, step out. Chapter 4, he's telling these two ladies, perfectly good ladies, it's been said to me, people have had to slap me around, hey, cut that out. You guys are fellow laborers. This is bigger than arguing. This is bigger than being upside down. This is bigger than our service. Folks, we get to serve God that way. Man, I really hope you enjoyed this living life with a capital L. I've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. Looking forward to getting back to a more normal format. But listen, share this with your friends. If there's anything we can do for you, give us a shout. May God bless you. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.